You're listening to Habs Culture, a Montreal Canadiens podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Habs Culture and on Twitter at Habs underscore culture to stay on track with news and updates. Episode 48 of the Habs Culture podcast. My name is Mark Anthony Bertaggia. I'm alongside Justin Schwartz. Um, there was a lot of blue on the ice. Sorry, I'm going to bring it up right away. There was a lot of blue on the ice yesterday. For those of you who watched the game, uh, like even the the Bell Center just looked different. Uh, there was missing red. One of my friends said it looks like his TV was like just blocking out every single part of red because the Habs literally had zero red on their uniform. The reverse retros made their first appearance, and obviously they lost in it um, to the Devils, who are on a ten-game win streak. The Devils are hot, but um, it's nice to be back. Um, I feel like we haven't. It's been it's been a few weeks now that we've we've dropped an episode, and look, obviously things came up. But um, in Habsland, it's pretty exciting right now. There's uh, a lot of ups and downs, whether they're positive or negative. Um, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm personally excited to be back. Very excited to be back. Very very excited to be back. And and Mark, is it is it even a surprise that Montreal loses a game in their reverse retro? How do you I mean, feel about them? How do I feel about the jerseys themselves? The the jersey and the uniform, because they're two different things, right? I think I think they missed on both. I think that they had a great opportunity. I think yeah. the concept was there. The concept both, was there. Both years, I think it was a missed opportunity. Unfortunately, right? I mean, I think the, yeah. the, the powder blue, right? I, if I'm not mistaken, they tried to copy a, a expose theme kind of yeah. thing. And but, yeah, I mean, I, there wasn't enough red. There was that's. They literally just took out red and put powder blue. Yeah, so I, I just don't think it meshes well. I, I don't think it represents the Montreal Canadiens very well. But it doesn't that's... represent the Expos because there's still no red. Well, there you go. So now, now <laughs> we're dealing with a situation. In, what are they trying to represent here? But The new hey. mascot, maybe. Metal. Is that a, that's his name? I think his name is Metal or Metal. Well, I guess it's the same thing, right? He was but... at a concert last night. Yeah. Good marketing strategy. Yeah, adding a new adding a new mascot, but it, it was funny. I was reading the comments, and everyone was so worried. They're like, "Where's UP? What happened to UP?" And I was and I was like, thinking, I was like, I, I was like, "Is that your is that your concern? <laughs> that's your that's what you're that's what you're worried about? I don't I, think UP is going anywhere anytime soon." I honestly think people are more worried about UP going on IR than Jonathan Drouin. If I'm being honest, at this point, yeah, might <laughs> might be the case. Yeah, who is out four to six weeks for those who who didn't know? Um, let's jump right into it. The Canadians this season, I think, have now proven that they have an elite duo in the National Hockey League, something we have, I personally have never seen in my life, um, in Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. And they're adding a little third piece to that little line. It goes by the name of Kirby Doc, who's playing absolutely amazing. He's playing like a third overall pick, like Marty St. Louis says. Someone who... You know, we kind of wished Kotkaniemi would sort of become, but now we got the we got Doc in exchange from uh, those trades of the draft. I'm loving it. I'm loving that trade right now. Well, I liked Kirby even before, like when the trade was like when we when that trade happened, and we were at the draft. We both loved it, and now we he's, were... he's actually proving that like he's that guy. But um, in the future, obviously, I'd like to see him in a two C role. You know, not with Suzuki and Coffee, but as of right now, to get his confidence up, I love it. Anything wrong with it? 
No, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm ecstatic. And honestly, kind of just to touch on the point that you brought up there talking about the two C role, I guess the, the, the most, the worst part about the trade, I guess you could say is that right off the bat, Kirby doc didn't necessarily fit into a two C role, but again, you're, we have to keep in mind, who was he playing with? How many, how many minutes was he getting? Was he being placed in important situations? So I think, I don't think it's something to overthink or over overlook at this point in time considering that he's an amazing complimentary piece on that first line and honestly at this point I, and you know what I'll, I'll take back what i said i wouldn't even call it a complimentary piece i would call it the 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 necessary piece to comp to complement to put everything together on that on that first line yeah no i agree but you know what it's it's good to see right i, I don't think i think it's been a while since we've seen like you said, since the Montreal Canadiens have had two elite players in this league, one of them being a goal scorer, well, actually, both of them being a goal scorer this season, but let's just, let's just, you know, let's categorize them for a second. One being a goal scorer and one being an, an, a phenomenal two-way player. Mm-hmm. But each are account, have accounted for, nine t- together, 19 goals this season and 35 points. No, it's cool to see. I mean, we don't, I don't think we've stumbled upon that too often in, 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 recent, in recent memory, in recent history for the Montreal Canadiens. So really excited about that. Yeah, it'd be cool. I was in the future to create another duo, whether that duo is Doc and, and Slavkovsky or whether it's um, Doc and the guy they're going to draft this year or Slavkovsky and the guy they're going to draft this year, but, um, or even the guys they have, right? There's still guys in that pipeline that can be top six players, in my opinion, at least, especially a guy like Sean Farrell. But, um yeah look we'll see we'll see that from the future in today's day right now in the canadians there's a lot of players like right now especially on twitter that most people would like to see off this roster and you know obviously the trade deadline isn't around the corner before we know it it will be what would you like to see justin from kent hughes whether it's to receive assets or just because you want to free up space for maybe a guy like Rem Pitlick, who just got called up from Laval, still isn't getting slot in the lineup. Who do you want to see out and why? I think right off the bat, I think the Montreal Canadiens and, and the management team has to take full advantage of Mike Hoffman's play right now. And I think that's kind of the no-brainer. I think that's I an easy... He's, it doesn't... Look, five goals in 14 games so far this season three goals in his last four. <laughs> I think that he has shown in his career and he's shown to date this season that he is a capable goal scorer. There are teams out there that are looking for that, that help up front in their, in their potential top or middle six. If you look at a team like the Dallas stars, they're missing that necessary right wing. And I know he's a, I know he's a left wing, but a necessary right wing to complement a, a line like Tyler Sagan and Mason Marchman. Mm-hmm. There are teams like Calgary that are looking for some goal scoring. There are teams out there that are in desperate need of, of, of a boost up front, like I mentioned before. So Even Ottawa, for that matter. There you go, right? Who sits 30th or 31st in the National it's Hockey embarrassing. League. It's embarrassing. I, I didn't even know it was that bad. I just thought they were bad, not that bad. Yeah, so right now they're sitting at 30th in the National Hockey League with five wins, nine losses, and one overtime loss. But kind of to just finish on that point, I think that Mike Hoffman, I think, I think Ken Houston date has done... has has been great in sit in situations where you know he's pressed up against the wall I guess you can say and he's and he's had to make these moves quickly and I think that 
he'll field offers on Hoffman all season. But I think right now is the time to start really thinking about, okay, what can I get back for him? And I, mm-hmm. is this, it, whatever I'm going to get back for him now, is that the most I'm going to be able to get? So I think he's the first guy that I'd like to see out the door. Anyone else off the top of your head? Uh, we know so, the obvious. Like the obvious ones are the Dadanov and, um, well, he's pretty much the other obvious one, him and Hoffman. Right. Well, I, I think for me, if there's two other guys, one being Jonathan Drouin, but I, I don't think that his value is nearly where it should be. So I think that Drouin's situation, I guess this is my my prediction going forward. I think Drouin's going to end up finishing the season as a Montreal Canadian, whether it be on IR or whether it be in and out of the lineup. So I don't think that, I don't think Montreal will able to fetch anything, will be able to fetch anything for him. I think that teams are going to obviously be excited to jump on him in free agency next year and mm-hmm. sign him to a prove it deal. But I don't think that teams are going to be willing to give up assets for Jonathan Drouin. And I guess the other name, and before I throw back on to you, would be Sean Monaghan. Although I'm really liking his play with 19 points, uh, 19 points. Oh God. Nine points in in six. Yeah. So do I nine points (laughs) in 16 games. He's thriving in that, in, in that second line role uh, or third line role interchangeably. Mm -hmm. Um, he's doing kind of everything that Montreal has needed him to do. He's providing leadership in the locker room, power play one winning face off. So showing what his worth is on a potential playoff team. Um, I know Colorado's looked into the possibility of grabbing, Sean Monahan because they're looking a little bit a little bit thin right now weirdly mm-hmm. as weird as that is to say but yeah I'd, I think him I think him and Hoffman are two guys that you know could be next out the door even though you know they've they've brought a lot of value to our lineup so far it might be it might be in Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon's best interest to to ship them off as, as ASAP yeah I agree Dadnov Hoffman Monahan. um Again, but if Monahan, if if you get to the deadline and you're like, well, I don't really love this deal, I don't see a rush in moving him because his contract is so there's literally well, no good. risk involved at all. Um, and he adds, I guess, that veteran presence. Me, Drew, I, I like I literally don't see any what does he bring to this team? Zero. He makes that nice pass once in a while. But literally on the power play, he loses at the blue line every single time. Last night, I was watching Kirby Dock at the blue line doing a way better job. So, what is he? Because he, he's technically the guy who can carry the puck. Now, I'll put quotations. Carry the puck. Even though we have a bunch of other guys that could do that. So, what's his worth to this organization? To me, it's zero. There's nothing there. So, if you can move him, again, be my guest. Move him. Right. The other name, and I don't know if you're going to like this. And the viewer, the viewers, listeners might not like this either. Can I guess Josh where you're going with this? Oh. going to guess that? I was actually going to go with Gallagher, but um, I think yeah. Gallagher's contract is is it's too stuck hefty, with right? us. Yeah, I think Josh Anderson. We're getting to that point where if you wait, maybe an extra year, maybe an extra year and a half, it's going to become that Gallagher contract where you can't move it. He's there sometimes, but when he's not there, like I'm talking about, like remember Armia? When he's on his game, he's on his game. Winning puck battles, getting to the front of the net, shooting a lot. When Anderson is there, he's there. You notice him. But when he's not like in it, he's just I don't know. He's just a he's a passenger out there. He's skating. So look, I'm not saying he doesn't bring value to this team. I'm just saying that if there's an opportunity to get rid of that contract and open up a roster spot for a guy who's probably gonna be a third line guy moving on, right? Because now that we have these youngsters coming up. I don't see how you 
decline that or how you or how you be opposed to that i think fielding offers is is a is a given here mm-hmm. right i i think yeah. that i think that you're 100% right i think that when he shows up he's there when he's not he's kind of invisible he doesn't he doesn't look he's a play driver he's a guy that can get to the net he has a decent shot but without the puck and look i'm not trying to go into a full on analysis of his game but without the puck he's not really a factor he's not really someone who contributes all that much and i think that absolutely i think that that five and a half million dollar contract could come back to bite the montreal canadians in the butt a little bit um in in terms of being a comparable to a gallagher type situation and i think that if the offer if there's an offer on the table you know that that presents itself whether it be a first round pick plus or a first round pick and a and a decent and a decent whether it's a depth player with no risk or or let's just shoot for the stars here and say um a, a good prospect then i think that there's then I think that the Montreal Canadiens will have to heavily consider that. With Matheson coming back into the lineup fairly soon, who comes out? If I if I had to pick right now, oh god, it's really tough. It's really, really, really tough. If I had to pick right now, though, I think I would go. I think I, I would go. With, do you have your answer? Well, I've seen some people, which I don't agree with. They want Edmondson traded. They want Edmondson traded? Yeah, which I don't agree with. I think he's like the little, like he's literally one of their leadership. Like, I think he's a leadership guys. staple. To cut yeah, you staple. Off. That's the right word. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know because look, Kovacevic came in as the guy who was supposed to be in and out, but is he really going to be that guy in and out? Like he's he's playing well. He is playing well. Everyone's See, playing well on defense. There's literally no one. It, it, it more it comes down to, do you put Kovacevic back in the stands and then possibly on waivers, or do you send a Harris down or a Jacki down and see um, if he can get more minutes in Laval? But even at that, Harris at one point was hitting 20 minutes a night. Right. Yeah. He's well. Right now on the season through 16 games, he's averaging almost 20 minutes a night. Exactly. Minutes so, and 50 seconds. Right. So. So there's literally no argument of saying, "Well, he'll play more down there." How much more is he going to play? Look, I think Three, that there's a, Right. Exactly. Look, I think that there's definitely an argument to be made for Kovacevic. Right. There's. There's. But, but you can look at it on both sides. You can say, "Well, you know, he's become a some sort of a staple up in Montreal. He's playing well in a sheltered role, and there's no need to to take him out." But I also do think that you could make a potential case to send Arbor Jacki down, and it's not something that people are going to want to hear, and I don't think it's something that I even want to be ta- saying out loud. But the truth of the matter is, is that yes, he's great peripherals wise. He's great blocking. He's great at hitting. But there are some mental lapses in his game. There are, yeah. There, there are times where you know he does get stuck out there. There's times where he's out of position. And again, is that is that a problem? Is that is that something that the Montreal Canadiens are should be worried about? No, he's a he's a young player in this league who's learning and is and is learning to become a better player, game in and game out. Game out. But do I think that he'd potentially benefit from a role in the in, in the minors or sorry in the AHL with? playing 22 minutes a night i don't think i don't think that would hurt him at all so i think that there's a case to be made for both players if i had to pick though if i had to pick the easy way i would take Kovacevic. but if i wanted to make you know a a statement or if i wanted to you know i don't know if if i really wanted to to make a move a a notable move i would i would send arbor jack arbor down well honestly it might not even be a bold move and now we're gonna like if we're thinking through Kent Hughes's mind here, contract-wise, they're on their entry-level deals, right? So 
I was actually talking over the weekend. I, I saw Eric Engels and I asked him, I was curious about Slavkovsky's, the debate about Slavkovsky's nine game. So remember when he hit the nine game mark? Yeah. And everyone was like, is he going to play his 10th? And in my head, I'm like, why does it matter? Because no matter what, his first year gets burnt. He's going to Laval. He's playing professional hockey. Right. So no well, matter whether he stays in the top or on the bottom, it's getting burnt. Right. It's not like he's going back to the CHL. Then there's, then there's an argument to be made. Mm-hmm. So I asked him, I go, why were, why were people debating? And he's like, I don't know why they were debating about the nine games. The important game is the 40th game. The 40th game is where the contract rights start switching. So the player becomes eligible for arbitration. The, the players start, stuff like that. The, a lot of restricted free agent rights that start kicking in after they hit the 40 game mark. So in Jack Eye's case, when you're comparing him and Kovacevic on the ice-wise, yeah, Jack Eye has a few mental lapses, Kovacevic here has this, this, and that, and you start comparing the on-ice, then if you switch to the off-ice, then it starts. you have to start thinking of the future of the team. Do we rather have Jack Eye go on Laval, improve his game, plus he won't hit the 40-game mark, and we'll have more leverage in contract negotiations, or do we get rid of Kovacevic, but we lose him on waivers? Right. You know what I mean? And if he stays on the team, then we don't have to worry. He's already on his whatever deal he's on. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. No, absolutely. I think I think that it's definitely like a... It, it's not a bad problem to have, right? Because I think in both cases, even though it wouldn't be ideal to put Kovacevic on waivers and have him potentially get claimed, I do think that having that decision to make between a young a young player trying to prove himself and a waiver wire pickup that ended up working out is not the worst the mm-hmm. worst decision to be making in times like these especially where Montreal is you know playing pretty well but are still in the bottom bottom third ish of the standings um so you know they're not they're not pressed they're not pressed uh, up against the wall like i mentioned before um to to make this move i'm going to throw you another scenario here let's do it Today, I don't know if you saw the news, but Mark Andre Fleury got—he's uh, hurt, so yeah, he'll be IR. out a significant. Yeah, he'll hit a significant amount of time. Yep. He'll be at out at least a week. Okay. A week, at least, at least. Oh, I thought it was more. I think the IR, if I'm not mistaken, the IR is at least a week. But I could no, no. Remember. But his his actual injury, I thought it was a few weeks. Oh, okay, yeah, it, it might be. I don't, I don't know if if I saw any uh, the news on that yet. I just know that he hit the IR, so I knew that okay. the IR meant at least a week. Yeah, yeah. But, okay, but, but might anyways, anyways. I was going to use Minnesota as an example, but we can use sure. any team that needs a goalie. Okay, let's do right? it. Right? Um, do you have one on top of your head except for Minnesota? Mm, yeah, Minnesota's struggling heavily. Let's just say Minnesota, okay? Okay, yeah, let's, let's use them as an example. So Minnesota, uh, Bill Guerin, he calls Ken Hughes. What's the price on Jake Allen? That's what he asks. Are you open to dealing him? Because in my opinion... It should be a guy on the block. He's just playing amazing hockey. Mm-hmm. He's showing that he could be that guy in a number one role. Montembeau is still putting up good numbers. It's a team that's, I'm not saying like trying to lose, but they're not, I don't know, they're not competing in a way that they'll do extremely well. So if you can fetch from a desperate team a high end draft pick or a B B level A level prospect, mm-hmm. I I do it. I, do you really need a a guy a wall making forty saves every night? No, I don't think so. Right? Like I I I think that 
I think that moving on from Allen, I think the biggest, the toughest thing to do, right, is to have a Montembeau primo stack in nets. And well, again, it doesn't have to be um, primo. You can kind of go get another guy because I wouldn't want primo to be the backup. No, neither would I. But I'm just saying with what we have to work with at this point. Oh, in at this moment, yeah, at this point in time. Right? Yeah. But I, I do think that, like, again, it's not, it's not. Allen's playing well enough to fetch something like when i say something i mean something significant especially with that contract 100 percent. right so it's just a question of is montreal does montreal you have to look from a point do they do they benefit from losing allen but having a guy like montembeau be their starter for the rest of the season not because they're gonna lose not because he's significantly worse and they're gonna lose games but is does does montembeau staying in net like, what are the effects that that has on a guy like Montembeau? And what are the effects that that has on whoever his backup may be? Because they might have to resort to him at some point. And I just think that Allen yeah. is able to hold down the fort for, four, for 45 to 55 games. Mm-hmm. Which, look, we, we might see some regression, right? And I think, that's what, I think that's what we're expecting to see, considering right now is his, is his sell high. That's, this yeah, is right. that's why I'm saying it, right? Yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's, a tough, it's a tough situation because also I think that Allen's the type of guy that brings a team together, right? When he, when he yeah. goes out and makes a 35, has a 35-save win with one goal against and, the, and Montreal ends up winning 3-1, for example. You know, it, it's, it's, a good, it's a good character building, you know, experience. It's, 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 it, it definitely affects that. Yeah, and, and I think the plan was to have him, what does he have, three years left in his deal or whatever he signed to the extension? Right. I'm sure the plan was to have him for that period amount of that that many years, so that he can stay, be consistent, build confidence through good efforts on the ice, and then you know bring in that next guy who would take on the challenge. Mm-hmm. That's in my opinion, that's a great plan, you know, to keep yeah, him here 100%. and do that. But at the same time, if I get a call from a desperate GM saying I'm in need of a goalie, I'll give you my first round pick. Yeah, you, I, I. Mark, I I think you got to. I think you like have you know to. what I mean. Even if it's the twenty fourth overall pick, I, hello. Like I don't I don't think I don't think it matters. I think look again. I think your point is more than valid, right? I think the plan was look. Right now he has two point uh, one year left at two point eight seven five, and then his next contract kicks in at three point eight eight five, um, and which expires after the twenty twenty four twenty twenty five season. And I think you're right. I think the plan was to have that contract expire and you know pass the torch to the next guy in line. But again, I think that it's it's really hard to shy away from a good return on him, especially at this point in time. And I think and I hope that Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon are aware of the fact that and, and I'm sure they are, because if we are, <laughs> they definitely are. Yeah. Um, that it's it's a it, you got you gotta sell high in this type of market. When when teams are needy and you have players that are playing well that fit those those holes on other teams, you got you gotta you gotta be knocking at their door and be on their do- uh, be at their uh, at their doorstep. Mm-hmm. Especially that the Canadians are in a bit of like salary cap hell. So, right uh, at this point in time, right, you're dealing with two and a half million dollars, give or take. But that's that's Matheson's coming off the IR, and uh, but no, he's not on LTIR, so that doesn't really no, matter. No, but uh, but yeah, it's interesting. It, look, there's a lot of guys. Like, look, Mark, I think we can both agree, and, I'll, and I'll, I want to I want to hear what you have to say about this. But I think we can both agree that we saw this type of situation coming to a certain extent, right? We talked about this before the season even started. We talked about Monaghan. We talked about Hoffman. We talked about um, Drouin potentially, but we'll scratch that name off the list. But we, uh, but I guess the one name that we didn't really talk about was the potential of moving Allen. 
But I think we were expecting that Montreal at one point in time throughout the season was going to play above its standards. And when they play above their standards and when certain players play above their standards, teams are going to be, are going to be there asking and, 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 and asking for, and asking for a price on these players. So I think we were both expecting that. Yeah, uh, honestly, and the same thing at the start of the season, look, I had, or even now, I had people telling me like, Mark, this team's actually like playing well. They're playing good. We need Bedard. We need Fantilli. They need a top three pick. I agree. They need a top five pick, in my opinion. Like the situation moving forward, to me, the the value of losing now. Well, we were talking about this last year. Yeah. The value of losing now is much greater than winning a few hockey games this season that everyone's going to forget about next year. Mm-hmm. No one's going to remember these games. Obviously, it's fun to see the players enjoy playing hockey, and like I'll never shy away from that point being so valuable. But if they go out there and lose three two hockey games and put in the effort, sure. Or they go out on a Saturday night, they they snag a win from the Penguins, sure, that's fun. But I don't think it's sustainable the way they're going to play, like like they did against the Penguins a few nights ago. And just that what we saw from the from the game against the Devils, a team that was literally passing the puck to the guys in the white shirts. It, that's the type of game we're probably going to see moving forward. It's just a, it's a bunch of, I don't know. It's a it's two different. It's youngsters trying to prove a point, and then veterans who are trying to gain their get their game back on track to possibly be dealt. So mm-hmm. you're dealing with two completely different scenarios on one team, and I don't know if it's going to stay the same way. Whether look, they could keep winning for all I know. I don't I don't know the future, but I personally hope that we get to a point where the Canadians are able to deal some players and gain assets while also keeping that culture where, you know, we're not going to back down. We're going to keep winning. We're going to keep pushing. But at the same time, you know, slowly make your way down the standings. Because I think at the end of the day, the way this draft is lining up, in three years' time, I don't want to be looking back as a Habs fan and saying, why were we trying to win? Or why was there so much emphasis on winning when this guy would be our number one left wing or our number one center or our, you know what I mean? Hundred percent. It's really tough to keep to 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 do everything. You know, sometimes right. It's like you don't want to be winning, but you want your young guys to produce and you want your older guys to prove a point and, and yeah. go out and rise their get their trade stock up. When they do but, that, you win. So right. Like, you know so what it's, I mean? it's, it's unfortunately there. There's a there's a direct correlation between the two most of the times. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what, to your point also, I think, I think that there's, I like exact kind of just to compliment what you were saying. If, if you look at it, this team is young, this team is young. We do have, you know, a few veteran presences, but for the most part, we have a young team. And I think as the season goes on, right, we're only, we're only, what is it? 16 games into the season, 16 games into the season. Once you start hitting that, we talked about this a lot when, when we talked about Montreal, getting to the playoffs and you wanting a guy like Sherratt right on your team who can log the big minutes, but by game 82, he's, he's done. His body is done. I think the same could be said about the Montreal Canadians being a young team and the learning curve that they're going to experience. Once you hit game 35, game 40, game 45, when you hit those games, your body, like your these younger kids are used to playing a very fast paced a very fast paced game against a lesser competition. Now you're playing against the best of the best 82, 82 games a year. Um, you're on the road. You're, you're, you know, you're always moving. You're always trying to improve. And I think, and I think the, the Jack guys, the Harris and 
Gooley might be the only exception to the rule here, but those a few of these guys are going to start are going to it's going to hit them at some point throughout the season. I'm not saying that that's a guarantee, but I am saying that we should be weary of the fact that this Montreal Canadiens team is not going to float around above 500 for the rest of the season. I can promise you that, and I hope I don't eat my words here, but I I I genuinely believe that. So I think that we should, you know, temper our expectations, not expect that this this success to continue throughout the whole season. It's usually the California trip that that just kills it. Yep. Right. And, and the uh, and the West Coast trip out to uh, out to Vegas? Vancouver. Oh, the Vancouver. West Coast in Canada. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the Canada West, because that yeah. those are those are late nights, and that's and that's something that I mean, again, the time change for right? us. But yeah, for us, but but for them also, right? Because it's like yeah. the, the jet lag, and you you having to play you the next day. I I know they get used to it, but these young players are not necessarily used to that. They're mm-hmm. used to playing in the OHL or the WHL, where most of the games are are within their respective regions. Yeah, and I'm again, it, it depends. You go a little bit farther east west depending but for the most part you're not you're not making a trip out to california yeah i'll tell you that um speaking about the canucks and bad teams um let's talk a bit about the standings i know you you, you mentioned it before we started mm-hmm. um so I don't, I don't know what the exercise you wanted to do was but i'll, yeah. I'll just i'll let you take it take well, over here yeah so kind of what i wanted to do was montreal right now in the nhl sits 18th in the league so Probably a little bit better than we had expected through 16 games. Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of teams behind them currently that are clearly underperforming. Clearly underperforming. And I wanted to just do a, a fun little game where I'm gonna a- I'm gonna go through all the teams that are behind them, and I'm gonna ask you, will this team? So I'll, I'll say team team A, for example, are they gonna finish above or below Montreal in the standings by the end of the season? Okay. And then by the end of this, based off of what whatever you say and whatever I I say also, we'll kind of see how many teams we said are gonna finish above and where that would leave Montreal by the end of the season. And we'll see, you know, if we can how accurate we are by yeah, the okay, and see cool. how accurate we were. Um cool. so I'll, I'll start off and you can kind of just get and maybe I'll I'll chime in once you're done here. Your okay. Um all right, so Calgary in nineteenth. Yeah, they're going to finish above the Canadians. I would like to think so. Okay. I would like to think so as well, yeah. Minnesota. Above. Above. And just, yeah. just to touch on them for a second, I remember, so I had Kaprizov winning the heart, which <laughs> hasn't looked good so far, that's for sure. But yeah. Minnesota, I did say that, I'm not, I'm not saying, oh, I told you so, but I, I did think that you know they, they were going to flirt with potentially being in the top three of their division. And right now, they're, kind of, they're, they're not looking too good. They're not looking too good. Um, um sorry on minnesota what were your thoughts on the marco rossi hit on slavkovsky the marco rossi hit? hit on slavkovsky at the end of the game where he was at the red line and rossi just decked him into the boards right i i, I vaguely remember that that was very early on in the season correct yeah it, yeah it was a while ago i'd have to go um, i'd have to go rewatch it but why he 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 wasn't pe- was he penalized for that he wasn't, but I don't. A lot of people look. I'm a Habs fan, but at the same time, I didn't like the way Slavkovsky let up. He kind of like straightened his back out and just like thought like this guy can't hit me. And Rossi actually absolutely decked him into the he's, boards, and he, he got hurt. He's very, uh, he's very bottom heavy. Like he's very yeah. strong. He's very strong. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, people were kind of freaking out on that. And I'm mm. like, well, I'd have to go rewatch it to be honest yeah. with you, but I'll, I'll check it out. All right, so that's two right. teams now that we can agree that would finish ahead of Montreal. Okay. Um, Washington. <laughs> yeah, head of Montreal. Okay, that's three. Chicago. Below. I'm gonna go with below as well. Yeah, I think that I they're think. look again. They're 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 about 500 too, but I think that they're overperforming a little bit. Yeah. Um. Okay, this one's an interesting one. Nashville. I still think they finish above. I I see them making like a nice 
Yeah, so, some few like uh, a few acquisitions at the deadline or near the deadline. Saros finally finds his way in his mm-hmm. game, and uh, and yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd like to think so as well. But you know what? Just for the sake of the for the sake of the exercise, I'll go with below. I really? think that their team. I think that their team overperformed a lot last year, and I think that okay. without Saros, again, without Saros, their team is a is a is a mess. But I think that you know, right now they have a seventh round rookie as their first line center, and I don't think Johansson can necessarily get it done um, as this as the two C. I like Forsberg. Granlund, I think, is a top six guy, but I don't think he's suited for that first line role. Duchesne. Anyway, I'm not going to go through the whole team here, but all I'm yeah. saying is that uh, is that I think is that they overperform. That's all I'm going to okay, say. So sure. I'll, I'll go with under here. Um, next on the list, Pittsburgh. I'm going to go over again. I'm going to go over here. Over the Canadians, yeah. Yeah. San Jose. I'm going to go below the Canadians. Yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah, I, I just don't it. see, especially if they deal, if they trade uh, Carlson, which is the. Can rumor we talk now. about that for a second? We can, because I'd love to, because I find it very fascinating and very smart that the Sharks are taking advantage of this As they should, right? As they like should. If I'm, if I'm uh, the GM, sorry, I forget his name. He's, he's brand new. Um, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get that for you. And his brother's the GM of the Dolphins. Anyways, right. if I'm him, and I get the job, and I look at this team, and I go, how am I going to trade Brent Burns and Eric Carlson's contract? It's Mike Greer, by the way. Sorry, just to Mike Greer, exactly. Yeah. And he trades... Burns his contract, which is amazing, but now he's like, now this is impossible to trade Carlson's, right? We're going to be stuck with this guy. And he goes out there and absolutely lights it up. He looks like prime Carlson. Obviously, I'm, call, I'm calling everyone I know. Are you interested in this guy? I'll retain. Sure, sure. This is literally the only chance you'll have to get rid of this contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, no, like a, it, it's like a blessing in this. It's like a blessing for this guy to have him go off. It's incredible, and you know what? Look, I understand that it's it took it took a little bit longer to to heal from that Achilles, but it's nice to see him in a power play one role, oh, yeah. top line minutes, and and he's always been that skilled, right? So it's great to see it, and 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 I think that I think that this this all this begs the question: what team could actually acquire him at the deadline? Because a lot of teams are actually pressed against the cap right now, mm-hmm. and I think that even with retaining half the salary, it's still you're still looking at about four million dollars. Even upwards, right? He's upwards, on yeah. He makes eleven, right? So there you go. So if yeah. you're retaining half, you're at five and a half. Mm-hmm. So that's another that's another five and a half that you're adding to your team. Now I'm, I'm sure the teams that will will inquire about trading for him will will move some pieces around to try and yeah. to to make it work. Um, but it, but there's not many teams that could make it work. I don't. I heard think. Dorian called. That's fine. Imagine, imagine that reunion. That that would be a great send off. Hopefully, you know, like I I mean send off. He's not he's not retiring, but I mean like his his last few years in the NHL to be in in Ottawa. Well, that would be pretty cool. Imagine getting Stutzla and Norris for Carlson and train back for him. Yeah, I wonder what they'd have to give up. What do you think his his uh, his price tag is right now in the ballpark? You got to think. First. You got to think a first and a, and a great prospect. No. Yeah, but even if they're retaining at the same time, I'd, right? Well, so I guess that lowers yeah. the value a little bit. Well, I think it makes it higher, right? If he's retaining. Sorry, that's what I meant. I meant. Yeah. The, the, I, I meant. Yes. Sorry. They, if you, if they don't retain, then I'd say I'm not giving you this prospect. You. You know what I mean? Right, exactly, for sure. But yeah, so, it would be, I think it'd still be pretty hefty. I'm not gonna lie. You got to think. It's funny because if I asked you this question last year, this time, or maybe 15 I'd laugh years in your face. You'd be like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, I wouldn't even <laughs> like, give you bag of pucks. Yeah. Anyway, well, we'll by the way, on. did you hear yeah. that um, apparently John Klingberg was offered a one-year deal by the Canadians, and he and he went to Anaheim instead? That would have been a sneaky, sneaky acquisition. I and you, can I can I give you my bold-ish take here? I think sure. that he would have done a lot better in Montreal than he's doing right now in Anaheim. Matt, on that power not play? Like, not like he's doing well right now, but I think that Klingberg, like, 
yeah, I think it would have benefited him. But again, I mean, we that have been good for the Canadians to have him on the power play and you deal him at the deadline. Oh, yeah, you would you would have got good. you would have got a hefty return. From yeah, a, from for a, a top pairing defenseman. Like, uh, from a team like even whether it's whether it's Toronto or whether it's uh, I mean again oh, yeah, you got to fleece the Leafs yeah 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 take advantage of their little situation. There's actually another name coming up that I want to talk about in in two teams on this list. So right now, just to give the listeners an update, we've had one, two, <laughs> three, three and a half because I have so I Nashville. said Nashville. So three and a half, uh, four, four, uh, no three and a half, four and a half, four and a half teams that will finish against ahead of Montreal. But let's say Nashville finishes ahead, so that's five total teams, and we still have. We'll just Seven. say one below right now, right? We only chose Chicago. Right. That, yeah, I don't know why I'm counting all the ones yeah. that are going ahead. Yes, one below <laughs> one as below. of right now. Okay, let's yeah. continue. Buffalo. Uh, below. I'm going ahead. Really? I'm going ahead. You, you think you turn it around? Look, I think that they're almost 500. They're 7, 9, and 0. I don't think that they're playing a. I don't think that they're playing bad hockey. And I think that yeah. they're a team that's going to play with a lot, with very little expectations. I think that they're a team that has a lot to prove, especially with all those young guys. Cousins, Thompson, Skinner, Tuck. Tuck loves it there. Tuck, Tuck wants to show that this organization is relevant. I'm Tom Boy. And R- Rasmus Dahlin, what a player. I love him. I love that kid. Yeah, he's amazing. But I, but uh, I just think that there's a, like a, a possibility where like Buffalo is just out to prove something. They go on a nice little winning streak. No, no, I agree. Yeah, it's a good, yeah. it's a good point. Yeah. But again, we can, we can say, let's just say for the sake of this experiment, that they will finish ahead of Montreal. Okay. Um, okay. Next on this list, and this is, someone, this is a team that I wanted to talk about a little bit just based off of recent news, but Arizona. What are you gonna talk about the mullet? Jacob Chikrin. Oh. He seems to be practicing. He seems that there's a, a potential return for next week. Now I'm thinking to myself, I'm saying if he's healthy, what is the price tag on that guy? Because it doesn't seem like Arizona's GM is budging. I think it's a first two top level prospects, maybe something else. Like I think that price is ridiculous. And and are honestly. Good for them because that contract is so good that anyone receiving this type of player for that amount of money which should be laughing. Like the, that's 4. an amazing six million for the next three. It, it's amazing. It's an, like if I'm if I'm Kyle Dubas, I'm like I wish I had a player a defenseman like this. But you know, could what's you funny? imagine? Could you <laughs> yeah. imagine that contract on your blue line? I I think I think it might be. I don't want to. I don't want to. Don't take my word for it. But I I want to say that it might it might be the best defensive defenseman contract in the nhl right now no yeah maybe maybe yeah especially that the market's so high for defensemen for no reason right it's like oh here here nurse well not for no reason obviously they're important but i'm just looking at the guy like seth jones who got thrown money at him right let's just throw money at darnell nurse also yeah we're out of nowhere but yeah 100 percent. so i think i think that that's an interesting topic i think that you know but a lot of teams are concerned with his health because he doesn't seem to get injured pretty frequently yeah and i think that teams are worried that you know if we trade all these all these big assets is he gonna be able to stay healthy for us and provide well uh, i'd get hurt too if my training facility was a college one that i'm not allowed to use so like i mean i know they're not they're not allowed to use it like because like college players, NCAA, you're not allowed to use NHL facilities, so no one's allowed to share the equipment. Where if you get hurt, where are you supposed to go? Right. <laughs> there's like a, in the locker room, there's a little sheet on the floor. Yeah, with a, with a nice little yoga mat. That's that's all you yeah, get. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. Next to your stool. <laughs> that's your it, seat. That's your it's, changing it's, it's room. It's a joke. I, I've heard a, there's a lot of talk about them playing in. Uh, I don't want to mispronounce this, but Tempe or Temp. Tempe. Yeah, but even at that, apparently they're. It's like actually very soon. I think it's the end of the month where they're 
the city's going to approve. We're going to approve it or not? Mm-hmm. The uh, the plan. But I was listening to the plan. Oh, I want to like, hear this. Okay, let's say uh, let's say you're the um you're the mayor of Tempe, or Temp, whatever it is, and I'm I'm the owner of the Arizona Coyotes, and I come up to you and I say, "Hi, sir, I want to build an extremely extremely expensive project, a huge arena in Tempe." And he goes, "Okay, that's that's cool. Tell me about why you wanted to move out or why you moving arenas." Oh, I don't pay my taxes. I wasn't able to afford the arena, but I want to build this huge project. And apparently he wants to do it on top of an oil um, field. So they have to dig out the whole field. Yeah, that that does not sound... Are you going to approve that for me, please? (laughs) By the way, I can't even sell out a college arena, so... Yeah, that's brutal. That's really brutal. And and I think think (laughs) that... I think Gary Bettman needs to get on this ASAP. I mean, this situation is really escalating, and it's not a good look on he the NHL. He seems pretty calm. He seems pretty calm. Yeah, well, I don't think that it's. I don't think that it warrants being calm. But anyway, the only way this gets saved is if they relocate. No, is if thirty-four joins their team. But even at that, I don't. Well, yeah, sure, it that does save them. It saves but again, them. Okay, but let's be. But let's be real here. They they do need to relocate, and not and out and outside the state. Well, apparently, there's a fan base there. I just don't. I, I don't see it. Maybe I have to go to. You want to go to Tempe? Maybe but they're obviously, time? but but obviously the NHL commissioner and and Bill Daly are going to come out and yeah, I mean, sorry, Bettman and Daly are going to come out and say, yeah, you know, there's a massive fan base for our for the Arizona Coyotes in 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 Arizona. Like like that that's I don't believe that. I don't believe that, and and I believe that there there are a handful of fans. When I say handful, I mean like in terms of thousands. Like there's there's thousands, but you can't tell me that there's enough to sustain an NHL team. In Arizona, I want right. to see. I want to see like Houston, right? Like, but even Seattle, cool like, 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 look, like I know that I know that obviously they expanded to Seattle, but they they have to go out here and 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 if they were to relocate, relocate to somewhere where there is there it, it doesn't have necessarily have to be a massive hockey market, but at least a a, a medium range, a medium sized hockey market yeah. that can that can sustain an NHL team. And I don't think Arizona is getting it done. And I think that's pro- being proven day in and day out. But the NHL just turns a blind eye because, I mean, what it, is one team necessarily affecting the the health of the National Hockey League? Not really. Yeah, the trend seems to be let's put a hockey team where there isn't like a, a big basketball team or you know, like Seattle has their MLB team. That's pretty much it. And they Vegas, have football. Vegas. Oh, it's true. They have the Seahawks. What am I saying? Yeah. But they have no NBA team. Right. Then... Um, Vegas had nothing. The NHL was the first team to go there. Mm-hmm. And now, obviously, the Raiders showed up. And In my opinion, it's not going to be Quebec. That's 100%. Like, no, it's not no going to be that. For those, are, for those that are still praying, no. it's not going to happen. There's no chance. And it... Or very I mean, little I'm sorry. Chance, yeah, it's just, it's not going to happen. It's not going to be in Canada. Well, people, I, want, I see people on Twitter, bring them to Halifax. Who the hell is going to go to Halifax? But that's even worse than Arizona. I'm sure right? it's beautiful like, over there. No, I'm sure it's beautiful. I, and I'm sure they have hardcore fans. But the the league needs money here. And I'm, I'm sure I'm sure in Texas and Houston, that'd be pretty cool, in my opinion. Well, funny enough, I actually read an article that talked at length about the potential expansion. Um, I know this is not expansion. This is technically relocation, but it's along the same vein about having teams uh, in Europe. And I know that that's a project and a half, and it does wow. bring a lot of it does bring ab- about a lot of potential problems, right? Whether it's mm-hmm. traveling and whatnot. 
But I do think that look at all these teams in Europe that are that are successful in terms of fan bases and successful in terms of these smaller cities or smaller regions that have an exciting fan base that are willing to throw money at the sport. Like mm-hmm. what Arizona has a football team, one that that we can both agree is more popular than their hockey team. And they have they have a, a baseball yeah. team as well and the Diamondbacks. So again, I don't so all I'm saying is that you know you go to these European cities that you know are very passionate for the sport of hockey and don't necessarily have teams in North American leagues at all. Like again, it's a project, but I'm just it's it's something to think about. It's something to think about because yeah. you could you could have a way more competitive league. Because these bottom feeder teams like Arizona are rarely again, I, I don't know when we'll ever see some success in Arizona hockey. Aside from ASU. <laughs> Side for AM34. Yeah. But we'll see. It's a, it's a cool topic. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, on to the next. Yeah. Uh, Vancouver. Um, it's a tricky one. Because, will Demko turn uh, it around? I mean, will Demko turn it around or Boudreaux be out? Or are they will JT bring Miller in? start playing some defense? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Um, I'm going to say that they finish. I'm going to say they finish over the Canadians. Yeah, I was going to go that same route. I see them going on like a weird eight-game win streak. They do. I feel like, is that not something they do every year? I feel like they do it. They fire their coach. Bruce Boudreaux comes in. They're, they're chanting, Bruce, there it is. Pedersen. Now they're going to fire him. They're going to bring in Rick Tockett. And then, yeah. See, I don't like, and, and this is another topic. I don't like the coaching carousel. It's, it, you got it. Look, you bring in, a, look, I know it's one small example. Who hired example. him? Tockett? Uh, uh, sorry, yeah, no. uh, Boudreaux? Was it the new management group? It had to have been, right? I want to yeah. say yes. I want to say yes. Yeah. They, yeah, because they took out um, Benning and Green. Travis Green. Yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. it was. I'm pretty sure it was Alvin. Yeah. And, and, and company. Or Rutherford. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, look, I, I think I think that like, look what, look what the Habs did. They went with an, an unproven NHL level coach and, and, it's, and it's working in their favor. I'm not saying that every team is going to be able to hit on that type of coach, but you don't know unless you try. You know yeah. what you're getting in a guy like Rick Tockett. You know what you're getting in a guy like Bruce Boudreaux. Like, why not change it up a little bit? Give a different, mm-hmm. a different view. But that's that's my two cents there on that. Um, okay, on to the next. This the, these are getting interesting now. Two of these next yeah. four teams are interesting. St. Louis. Well, honestly, the last time the St. Louis Blues were bottom of the league, they won the cup. There you go. So, so I'm not counting them out. But they've also as... won three in a row. They just beat Colorado. I think that they're okay. They're fine. They're fine. Can we talk about above, how above Montreal? Above, yeah. yeah. Can we talk about how many teams there are that are like just about five hundred? Yeah, and look, there's even like Seattle's in eleventh in the league. Detroit's fifteenth. I feel like there's gonna be a lot of movement. Even even Winnipeg to me is exceeding expectations. And what about Colorado? Maybe LA looks good. Colorado's eight five and one. They're not they're not looking again, eight five and one is not a bad record but they're not they're not looking like the powerhouse that won the cup last year that's yeah, even sure. the rangers the rangers don't look that good no either and neither and neither does tampa and neither do oh, i mean the least are sixth in the league but i mean still they don't look great yeah but i don't want to talk about the leafs yeah we can we could say off that topic um yeah. next start a whole new podcast with that topic <laughs> next ottawa uh, above above you i think like he's gonna make a splash so, right? he's gonna make a move they're gonna get their goalie back now everything's gonna start rolling 
Yeah, I'd like to think so. Unfortunately, they yeah. lost the bot to injury. He hit the IR with a concussion for about a week. But Jake Sanderson seems to be coming in and playing some, logging some big minutes mm-hmm. and playing very well. And I, and I keep seeing on Twitter people comparing Gooley to Sanderson. Like, what's with the comparisons? Like, why can't they just be good in their own? In why their can't own? you just enjoy your own player? I know, right? Like, know? like, why does it have to be like, why do we have to wait so long for Gooley to be good just for him to be good? And then you start comparing him to Sanderson. Yeah. And or so like, who cares? You know, cares. but that, but that's, that's, that's my opinion. Um, okay. So that's another team that we put above. These next two teams are interesting. Columbus. Columbus. I'm going to go below. I think yeah. they're going to be in the soup sticks for Connor Bedard. I think they're awful. With all due respect, I think like awful. I don't think they're. Um, if I if you gave me like the sheet of their roster and I looked at these players and I said this is a good, I could say this is a good player, this is a good player, this is a good player. Can you though? Like they'll is that, be good is that in, valid? In, in in like two years. This team's and especially if they get a top three pick. Could you imagine if you had Fantilli with Kent Johnson? They're gonna have Michigan up there with Kent oh, yeah. Johnson with Cole Sillinger, Johnny Goudreau. Wierenski on D like this is a, this is a good core a very good core right now they're garbage yeah and Merzlikens looks really bad I mean he just got injured last night but he yeah. looked really like it's it's weird how bad he looks and and like and I guess you lose Wierenski to a pretty gruesome injury which mm-hmm. which sucks for them but yeah looking up there like looking up and down their lineup like they're obviously thin in their bottom six but I think that going forward I think in the future yeah they'll going definitely forward be, able to be good like they can make a crazy jump next season out of nowhere. Like I wouldn't even be surprised. A hundred percent. Like you know, like a, like guys like Ken Johnson, Chinakov, Sillinger. Those are mm-hmm. the guys that you're trying to build uh, build around and Goudreau and Wierenski yeah. and whatever. But uh, but the second that those guys, you know, mature in age, yeah, Line. Sorry, he's not even. Sorry, it's yeah. just he's not even in the lineup hurt, right now. Yeah. But yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, I think. But at, for this year, I'd say I'd say below. Especially now that they lost their number one defenseman. Yeah, that's a tough. That, that's yeah. a tough loss. Okay, and lastly, Anaheim. Um, I'm gonna say below. Okay, I agree with that one also. Yeah, they're they're a they're a team that has nothing to lose. They're just they're a boring franchise, man. They are boring. But I, I like they're like Zegers is the new poster is, boy. Is fun. Yeah, but yeah, that's fun. Drysdale, okay. they'll be good soon. Hopefully. So, Mark, out of the one, two, three, four, five, whatever, I'm not counting this. Let's just say, let's just say there are one. We'll, we'll count Nashville, Nashville as below. Two, three, four, five, six, seven NHL franchises that we have predicted that will finish below the Montreal Canadiens in the standings this season. Putting them at 25th in the league. Mm-hmm. Very, uh, I was about to say very similar to where they finished last year, but I think it was very similar to where they finished a few years ago. Um, but actually when they ended up going to the playoffs in the bubble but yeah 25th in the league is that is is that in your opinion mark good enough to potentially secure a good enough player that would well, be yes they can always t- jump but but my question odds, is yeah that, okay but let's say here. let's say let's say they were to pick seven day oh seven seventh well because if i'm not mad teams, with seventh i'm okay. not mad with seventh but i'd be praying that they jump for a jump so 100%. that's why if they could finish at the twenty, I mean, I, mark, I'd maybe? be, I'm going to be praying for a jump at fourteen. You know what I mean? Like any team is going to be praying. Well, uh, yeah. Well, not fourteen. To fourteen you're in the sorry, four, well, yeah, no, yeah. But like like four. Oh, like, fourteen from the, the bottom up. Yeah, yes, yeah. Okay, yes. yeah. No, I yeah, but no one's going to move from there. It just, I look at the Devils and I'm like, why are they on a nine game uh, or ten game win streak? They have two first overall pick, picks, a second overall picks in the in the pick in the coming. Um, they sent a top pairing defenseman in free agency. 
When's, John Marino was a great trade for them as John well. John Marino. Then I look at the Rangers. I'm like, well, why were the Rangers so good last year? Well, they had a first overall pick, a second overall pick, a top name free agent. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, there's a trend. There's a trend here. You look at how it's a, it's a very simple a very simple way that teams become competitive and stay good and yeah. sustain success, right? Why and were I the Penguins that- so good? Uh, they had a first overall goalie, a franchise first overall center, a second overall franchise center. You know what I mean? It's like, hello, you got to draft. You got to. I know you got to draft well, but you also got to be lucky and draft high and right. hit on those high picks. Absolutely. Do we yeah. want to talk about uh, Slavkovsky and through his through his? Uh, we can first- talk quickly. Yeah, just quickly. Um, I was gonna. Then we'll do like a quick rapid fire or something. End it off. Let's do it. Uh, Slavkovsky's um, played eleven games, by the way. He's had three goals, no assists. He's currently a minus one. He's taken nineteen penalty minutes, and he's averaging about eleven minutes per game. I like it. I like the way he's playing. I, I don't think... mind it. He's creating chances for himself. Um, I like what he's doing on the power play. That he's slowly integrating himself, and he's shooting. He's, he looks confident. There was a when he wasn't there because of suspension. You noticed it. And I think that's super important that you notice that an 18-year-old kid wasn't in your lineup. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I kind of I like the fact that he's uh, he's slowly doing his thing. Um, but like, who knows what it's going to look like once they hit the the midseason mark? Right. Absolutely. With those young players, you never know. But mm-hmm. I think it's important to also note that he's gotten better every game he's played. In, in my opinion, he's looked better. I mean, from yep. game one to game eleven. That I goal mean, against St. Louis. Oh. God, what a shot. Yeah, what a great shot. I mean, you put him, you put him again, it's, it's, it's a question of putting him in positions to succeed and you'll see your young players do well. We're not saying that Slavkovsky needs to automatically be playing 20 minutes a night, right? Because that's no. that's too much for an 18-year-old in the NHL. But playing 11 minutes, 12 minutes a game, playing, you know, maybe a minute and a half of power play. Earning your minutes. Earning your minutes, right? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you look you look at uh, his time on ice in the past in the past games, he's basically always he's been trending upwards in terms of minutes on a game-to-game basis so he's earning his minutes clearly and i think st louis sees that mm-hmm. and he's playing in, in in he's playing a little bit of power play so liking that so far shane wright looks good anyways uh we'll do um <laughs> we'll do rapid <laughs> fire if you have one on top of your head um let me putting me on the spot here mark yeah sorry Okay, I can, I can, I can think. Oh, of, really? I, it could be I, like one question. It could be one rapid fire question. Okay, it doesn't have to be but, three. But right, yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know, Mark. Do you have any for me? Um, I don't. So we'll just do. You know what? We'll do. We'll just do bull predictions for to, for tomorrow night's game. That's good. I was Sorry. also. I was maybe going to ask you actually. If, in your opinion, who is if you had to pick like if if one player if you were to get a notification on your phone in yeah. five, at at seven o'clock seven p.m. Eastern time that says mm-hmm. the Montreal Canadiens have traded this player who is it in your opinion who's the first to go like who's the guy that's leaving and like not who you who you want to go who you think is the first okay. guy out the door Genny uh, Dadnov Genny Dadnov first out the door yeah and do you have a, a potential landing spot or not that that's part of the the rapid fire just just I don't, but I have one for Drouin. You think that he gets traded this season? Yeah. Okay, interesting. The Washington Capitals. It's not a bad fit whatsoever. Just it seems like the perfect spot for him. I think it makes sense, but I honestly, I, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way to Jonathan Drouin. I just don't know if there's any spot for Jonathan Drouin anywhere. 
<laughs> but again, it, it's not look. It's not based off of who he is as a person and who he, like. It's about what he well, maybe provides, what he brings to on, uh, what he brings on the ice. Maybe maybe Syracuse. But seriously, though, it's 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 incredible how we give this guy the be- we give Jonathan Joy the benefit of the doubt every single season, and it never works out. So I think it's time to move on. And if we lose mm-hmm. him in free agency, you lose him in free agency. If you can get compensation for a mid year, you get compensation for a mid year. But I do think that that's actually a decent fit. I think that they're. I think funny enough, I think the uh, the Washington Capitals are a little bit thin. They're a little bit thin outside of Ovechkin and mm-hmm. uh, and Kuznetsov. I mean, they they they're, they're, oh, she's always hurt. Dylan Strom was a good pickup, but yeah, I could see, see a potential bit. Um, All right, tomorrow night predictions: Habs, Blue Jackets in Columbus. Um, I'm gonna say that the cannon goes off six times with the Columbus Blue Jackets. I think they beat the Canadians six to two. Oh my God! I'm gonna why say. You, why do you have to? Why do you have to? I don't that? know. I just have a weird I have PTSD from that ten goal game. Um, Jeez, man. I, I think the. I'm gonna That's, say here's my bold prediction that. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau gets four points, two goals, two assists. Four goals? Say, no, no, four points. Oh, two sorry. goals, two assists, but one goal from Jonathan Kovacevic. This doesn't get bolder. But yeah, it's like a, you know, like those crazy parlays. Yeah, like I you, look. <laughs> I might as well post it on Twitter again and hope it hits. <laughs> um, lose followers. um all right my bold prediction is my bold prediction is i'm going with a three nothing montreal canadians win and a samuel montombo s word so no cannon no cannon for the columbus blue jackets on thursday night and i think and, and just to add on add on to that i'll give uh i'll give uh I don't even know if there's anything bold anymore. But you know what? I'm gonna I, I'm gonna go with goal and assist from Jake Evans. It's been a while. It's been a Jake while. Jake. Fair enough. And on that note, those are pretty bold. I'm happy. On that I note, like we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. Um, thank you guys so much for joining us, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks a lot, guys. Stay safe.